When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The confession you are about to hear is an actual recording. Go ahead, please. I make this confession of my own free will because it is true. There has never been any force or violence used upon my person to induce me to make these statements. Without promise of immunity or reward or gratuity, I confess. You understand, of course, that your confession will be made public through the radio program Confession. I do. That your name for the purpose of this broadcast will be Anna Carlson. Yes. For what comfort you may find in so doing, you'll now be allowed to tell your story. You understand all this, Anna? Yes, sir, I understand. Listening to Confession. The case history of the woman referred to as Anna Carlson is a matter of documented record. You'll hear the story of her crime experience as told in her own words. Go ahead with your story, Alan. They said it was premeditated. Premeditated murder. It wasn't. I don't know how to begin. You uh, have children? Yes. Two girls. Belinda, Dorothy. I was married when I was 17. We moved to Los Angeles. Mm. Your parents, did they consent to your marriage? I guess they were glad to get rid of me. I think they were afraid of me. I had such an awful temper. I had to get my own way. It was like that even when I was a kid. Maybe if somebody, if Ed, it's, it's my husband. If he'd stood up to me just once, gotten tough with me. <clears throat> yes, go on, please. Well, Ed was a surveyor for the railroad. By the time I was 19, I had the children, both of them. I seemed like I'd stopped living even before I'd started. Two babies and my husband gone most of the time. When he did come home, he'd be with the girls every minute. And he was always finding fault with me. I remember once he came home a day early from a field trip in Arizona. Hi, Anna. Hello, Ed. Wasn't expecting you till tomorrow. They flew me in from Phoenix. I gotta go back in the morning. Tomorrow morning? Yeah. What's the matter? Are you sick or something? Sick? Why? Place looks like a pigsty. What do you expect with two kids? How much time do you think I got for cleaning? Where are the girls? The minute you step in the house, you start preaching. Oh, forget it, Anna. Where's Linda and Dorothy? They went to the park with Eileen. Eileen? Who's Eileen? 
the girl who moved in the apartment next door. You'll like her. She's your type. A school teacher. Doesn't seem right, a stranger taking the kids to park like that. Sure seems right to me. I'd go crazy if I didn't get rid of them once in a while. Well, other women seem to manage. You should have married one of those other women. I'll go get the girls. Never stop to think what it's like to be cooped up in a small apartment seven days, seven nights a week. Forget it, can't you? Sometimes I hate this place so much I could kill the first person who comes through that door. Stop with that kind of talk, Anna. You going out again in the morning. Oh, I told you I can't help it. That makes a great life for me, doesn't it? I've got to go to work, don't I? I'm 26 years old. I might as well be 65. I'll go get the kids and I'll help you clean up. That's your idea of something exciting. Clean the apartment, have supper, do the dishes, watch wrestling, and close up for the night, 9.30. That seems to be enough for most women. Oh, stop talking about other women. Stop it. Do you hear me? When you start like that, I, I could kill you. Take it easy, Anna. You're getting so worked up. What for? I can't take it anymore, Ed. One of these days, I'm going to go out that door, and I'm not coming back. Don't talk like that, Anna. We got two kids. I mean it. Now, look, next week, I get two days off. We'll go out and do the town. How about it, huh? I'm not waiting that long. It's got to be now, tonight. Anna, I, I got to get up at five in the morning. You hear me, Ed? I said tonight, or else... Okay. We'll go somewhere tonight. Maybe if Ed wouldn't have let me shot him down all the time... I don't know. Well, both the girls were in school by now. I had a little more time on my hands. I was bored. I started dropping in one of the neighborhood bars, a place called The Wheel. That's where I met Jim Walsh. He worked for some big bookie outfit, collecting bets at the part of L.A. where I lived. I just sat down at the bar when he came in. He sat down a couple of stools away. He looked me over like I was a horse he was thinking of betting on. Jack, I'm buying the lady a drink. You just beat a bookie for a drink. Compliments Jim Walsh. Thanks. You beat a bookie for anything, you're doing all right. You, uh, mind if I watch how a lady drinks beer? You paid for it. My name's Jim Walsh. I know. He told me. What's yours? Anna. You're easy to look at, Anna. Thanks. My husband thinks so, too. <laughs> That's supposed to scare me, doesn't it? I didn't think it would. What do you do for laughs, Anna? Laughs? Well, thanks for the drink. You, uh, you ever go out for an evening? You get to the point fast. Say, tonight, for instance? I better go now. My kids will be out of school soon. You got kids in school? Mm-hmm. Never know it by looking at you. Two girls. One's ten, one's eight. A husband and two kids, huh? Still doesn't scare me. No? Nope. Be seeing you around, Anna. Maybe. Thanks for the beer. He was kind of like that, a flashy talker. I remember I laughed. And I thought about him after, what a nerve he had. When I got home, the girls were playing outside. I went in to fix them supper. Eileen Meadows, the schoolteacher next door, 
She stopped me in the hall in front of her apartment. Anna. Hello, Eileen. Anna, can you come in for a minute? Sure. I don't quite know how to say this, Anna. Go ahead. I had a long talk with your husband last week. I notice you two find a lot to talk about. We seem to have a common interest that you don't share. Your children. Why don't you try minding your own business? It's for your children's sake that I've made it my business. All right, get it over with. Anna, unless you do something about it, you're going to lose your husband. Lose Ed? <laughs> Is that so? He wants more for the children than you're giving them. Mm, this calls for music. You know that Linda's doing very poorly at school, don't you, Anna? The child is always in trouble. They sent me a note. She'll straighten out. The principal has asked the child welfare people to investigate her home environment. You're bluffing. No, it's true, Anna. Now, listen to me. No. They can recommend that your children be taken away from you. Do you understand? It's a lie. The whole thing's a bluff you and Ed cooked up. You keep out of my life, you busybody. Oh, mayor. Uh, Anna, don't. Take your hands off me. I, I didn't mean to do that, Eileen. You mustn't let yourself get like that, Anna. I know. I'm sorry. For a moment there, you could have killed me. When I get like that, I... I don't know what I'm doing. I better go fix something to eat. Eileen wasn't lying. A lady from the welfare bureau came and talked to me about how I ought to run my life, about not leaving the kids alone so much, and how they look. I said, sure, sure. Everything she said, and she left. I'd seen Jim Walsh a few times at the corner bar. He tried to get me to go out with him. I didn't for a long time, but he had a way of going after things. One night when the kids were in bed, there was a knock on the door. Just a minute. Jim. Well, aren't you going to ask me in? You've got a nerve, haven't you? Sure. Suppose my husband had been home. Well, I found out he wasn't. Well... You can't stay here. Who said I wanted to? Get her some party clothes. We're going out. Going out, just like that. Where? New clubs opening up on 19th Street. Floor show, dancing, drinks. Sounds good, Jim. But I better not. Oh, get a babysitter, I'll pay. Thought maybe you'd like to get out for a change. Live a little. I don't know. It's not I don't want to. Last time we talked, you said if you wanted something bad enough, you always managed to get it. It's a pretty big step for me, Jim. Maybe next time. This could be my first and last try, Anna. You mean it, too, don't you? Well, is it yes or no? I'll go. I had a good time at that club on 19th Street. Jim made me feel like someone special. The way he introduced me to his friends. The way he danced with me. It was nearly 2 o'clock in the morning when he drove me home. <laughs> we, uh, we go pretty good together, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, if I had a lot of money, I, I'd get pretty deep with a kid like you. You seem to be doing all right. You kidding. One of Harry Barker's messenger boys, that's all. You know how much I checked into him tonight? How much? More than 700 bucks. 
Yeah, I'm getting real tired of being an errand boy. Someday I'm going to have my own outfit. I'll bet you will at that. Someday I'll have my own boys making the rounds for me. Then we'll just sit and count the stuff as they bring it in. <laughs> Quit kidding, Jim. No, I'm not. I think you're something like me. You want things till you get them. Then you start wanting something else. Uh-uh. You get it all wrong, baby. Someday I'm going to prove it to you. I better go in now. Yeah. Well, baby. I, um... I don't think you'd better come in. Not that's the way you want it. I had a wonderful time tonight, Jim. Thanks a lot. That's better. A lot more where that come from, honey. Well. Good night, Jim. Good night, baby. Ed, my husband and I, we became like strangers to each other. I knew it was mostly my fault, but I didn't do anything to change things. I started seeing a lot of Jim Walsh. We seemed kind of right for each other. He took me to races a few times. Sometimes we'd go dancing, see a floor show at some club. A couple of times we just sat around the apartment having some drinks. I knew Ed would find out, but I guess I didn't care much one way or the other. I'd been out driving one afternoon with Jim. I got home around 5 o'clock. Ed was there. Where have you been all afternoon, Anna? Out shopping. At what bar? There we go again. I'll go start supper. Just a minute. What? I want to talk to you. About what? Me and the girls. I hear you've been having friends up here. So what? Am I dead or something? Mustn't I have friends? Maybe I should have said friend. One friend. I see Eileen reported to you. You've never really grown up, have you, Anna? You're like a kid who wants everything he can see or touch. Oh, you're boring me. Well, you can't have everything. You can't have a home and kids and at the same time live like a high school girl or a... a what do you want? A divorce? Why don't you say so? That's no answer when you've got kids, Anna. It's not just a question of us. I'm doing the best I know how. Look, I've got an idea that might work. What is it? I figure if we live in a smaller town, it'll be different. New surroundings, and we'll be together more. Whose bright idea was that? Eileen? I've asked for a transfer up north. We can live in Stockton. It's a nice town, Anna. I've been there. Maybe you're going to Stockton. I'm not. Listen, Anna. I've been thinking about this. I'm listening. If I go, I take the kids. Take them, then. You don't mean that. Oh, leave me alone. You haven't got the guts to walk out on me. I know it, and you know it. Eileen said it'd be a good move for all of us. She said we could still make a go of it. I don't want to hear any more about Eileen. Do you hear me? Someone crosses you, and you get blue in the face, just like a kid. I'm getting tired of it. I heard enough. Someday, Ed. I'm warning you. Where are you going? Where I belong, in the kitchen. Anna, let's talk this out some more. No, shut up. You are listening to Confession. Before continuing with the documented record of the woman referred to as Anna Carlson, 
The National Broadcasting Company is honored to present Mr. Richard A. McGee, Director of Corrections, Department of Corrections, State of California. Mr. McGee. The most dangerous criminals are the adults who behave like children. Psychiatrists call them psychopathic personalities. People with unresolved emotional conflicts, which they act out impulsively. They want what they want, and they want it now. They have a childish disregard for the consequences of their acts. Obviously, prevention and, when necessary, treatment for such persons should begin in childhood. Discipline, not necessarily punishment, but habits of discipline must be instilled in the young if they are to develop into properly adjusted adults. A child's temper tantrum, if uncontrolled, in an adult can lead to murder. Thank you, Mr. McGee. Now to continue with confession and the documented record of the woman referred to as Anna Carlson. Go ahead with your story, Anna. Ed forgot about Stockton. Sometimes I think if he'd taken the girls in, I might have followed him. I don't know. Anywhere he stayed. Yeah. Go on, please. <clears throat> I was seeing Jim Walsh nearly every day now. One night we went to the Rambler Club, nightclub near the ocean. We had some drinks, listened to the music. <laughs> You're awful quiet tonight, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I've been figuring. On a good weekend, Barker's got between 50 and 60 grand in the safe. That's been bothering you a lot lately. With that kind of money, we could leave town. Maybe go back east. How'd you like that, Anna? I'd like it a lot more if I was sure you meant it. You'd do a lot of living on that kind of money. We could do it on a lot less, Jim. Look, if we do it, we do it right or not at all. You understand? funny. Till I met you, I made the rules. Yeah, you scared the others. You don't scare me. I know. Maybe that's why I'm not too sure of you. You forget it? We're working out a plan to get that money in Barker's. How? I'll tell you how when I'm ready. Might have to use you. Me? What can I do? You drive a car, don't you? Sure. You can hold a gun, can't you? Now look, Jim. What's the matter? You scared? I don't know. I have to think about it, I, I guess. I've got to know now. It's important. Well, come on. I'm waiting. I'll do whatever you say, Jim. That's more like it, baby. But I've got to tell you, if we get away with it and you try to pull anything on me... Look, that's a threat. Save it for your husband. Jim wouldn't tell me what he had in mind. He just said it would happen soon. I remember it was Sunday night. August the 19th, about half past 10, when Jim phoned. Ed was home for the weekend. I'll get it. Hello? Anna, I'm at a parking lot on Ivar, right next to the Knickerbocker Hotel. I can't. What's the matter, Ed? Home? Yeah. Look, forget about him. This is it. You know what it means? It's what you wanted, isn't it? I'll be there. I'll be sitting in a black club coupe on the lot. Take a cab. All right. Who was that? A friend of mine's having a little trouble. One of her kids is sick. I'm going to go down and give her a hand. Who is it? Nobody you know. 
I, uh, I'll be back in a couple of hours. Don't bother. What? You walk out that door and you don't come back, get it? All right. That's the way you want it. You're walking out on ten years of your life, the two kids and me. Why? Like you told me. I just never grown up. It'll be for keeps, Anna. I'll be back in a couple of hours. Maybe. I won't be here. Yes, you will. And you'll open the door to let me in. I was sure Ed didn't mean it about taking the kids and leaving. He'd said that before and never done it. I took a cab. I got out at Ivar and Yucca, walked the rest of the way. It was a few minutes after 11. There weren't many cars there. I found him right away. Anna, over here. All right, come on, get in. This isn't your car. Where'd you get it? What do you think? Couldn't take a chance using my own. I wish there was some other way. Now, look, this is going to be so easy, baby, you won't believe it. Bark is away. I got the combination to a safe. How'd you get it? Simple. Last five, six weeks, I've been watching him open it. I'd concentrate on one number at a time. Now I got them all. Not bad, huh? You told me he always leaves one of the boys there when he goes away. Yeah, yeah. He left Pete Barnes there. But as soon as Barker left the house, Pete tucked out. I saw him myself. Well, he might come back. For a payoff like this, you got to take chances. Yeah, take this. A gun? What do I need a gun for? Now, look. You park in front of the house. You stay in the car, I go inside. If it looks like anybody's coming, you blow your horn three times. You got that? Then beat it. I'll get out the back way. What about the gun? Will you shut up? Just listen to me. Pete will get wise when he hears the horn. You fire a shot into the air. That'll make him take cover. It'll give me time. Jim, I'm scared. You're not turning chicken, are you? No, but I'm scared anyway. All right, all right, baby. Now, listen to me. If you have to pull away, ditch the gun. Don't forget it. How? About half a block down the ravine to your right. Toss the gun out the window. If you're caught with a gun, it's going to go tough with you. I know. Oh, one more thing. Look, if something goes wrong and they get one of us... Don't talk about the other. You are alone. You understand that? Jim, does it have to be like this? I'm getting tired of hearing you ask that. I should be back in ten minutes. Wish me luck, baby. You mean us, don't you? Okay, wish us luck. I don't know how long I sat there waiting for Jim to come out. Then a car came toward me and slowed down. It turned up Barker's driveway and stopped. I leaned on the horn three times. Man got out of the car and started running towards me. He was almost at the car before I found the nerve to fire the gun. Then I took off. When I drove past a ravine down the block, I slowed enough to throw the gun out. The rest was pretty much the way they had it in the papers. They booked me on a stolen car charge, grand theft auto. Well, at the preliminary, they fixed bail at $1,500. I thought Jim would look after it, but it wasn't Jim. When they let me out in the afternoon, I learned Ed had made my bail. He hadn't come to see me, but he'd fixed the bail. It was around 5 o'clock when I got home. The apartment was empty. Ed and the girls were gone. I went next door and rang the bell at... Eileen's apartment. Hello, Alice. 
Where's Ed and the kids? They left you, Anna. I'm sorry. That's how much you know about it. Ed put up bail for me. He said to tell you that was his farewell gift. How about some money? Did he leave any money? No. Where's he at? I want to talk to him. I don't know. He didn't tell me. I'll find him myself. And when I do, it'll be too bad for him. Nobody walks out on me like that. Look, Eileen. I need him. Now that he's gone, you need him. You're lost now, Anna, aren't you? No, I'm not. I got where to go. Don't think I haven't. Understand? I understand. And I'm very sorry. Now, if you'll excuse me. I got a few things to say to you, too. We have nothing to talk about. Goodbye, Anna. They said I had murder in mind when I went looking for the gun I'd thrown in the ravine near Barter's place. It wasn't so. I just wanted to make sure no one else found it. I didn't want him to have it at my trial. It was Jim's gun. And if they found it, they might be able to tie him in with the Barker thing. So I went back and got it. I knew Jim checked in the Ramblers Club every night about 10.30. I waited till then and I went there. You shouldn't have come looking for me, Anna. Can't be sane with you. The cops might be following you. They're not. I checked. You've got to stay away from me. I thought at least you'd fix bail for me, Jim. Too risky. Who did? Ed. <laughs> no kidding. You must be a pretty good guy at that. What happens now? You go home and stay there? I got no home. Ed took the girls and left. If things had worked out, it would have been different. I'll let you have 10, 15, but that's all I can spare. Don't make it a habit. You keep it. Now, look, don't start whining, baby. You went into this with your eyes wide open. I don't like women who whine. I can still make things pretty bad for you, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that. Sam! Yeah? If Barker, Come here a you... Shut up, you. Yes, Jim. When was it that someone tried to knock over Barker's safe, Sam? Last Sunday night. Why? You uh, happen to remember where I was that night? Yeah, sure. You were here from 9 to closing. I see. I get the picture. Okay, Sam, thanks. Anytime. Anytime at all. Bad week for me, Jim. Looks like I'm a loser. Yeah, looks like it. I'm a poor loser. I don't know how. Well, the first time's always the toughest. Better go now. I don't know how. Now, look, don't try pulling one of your fits on me, baby. I know you. I know. I got something of yours, Jim. Go on, Anna. Take off. Another minute you're going to be balling. Go home and do it. I got no home. Go on. Beat it, I said. Sure. Sure, I'll beat it. But before I go... Don't you want your gun back? My gun? Oh, yes. Well, put it on the table. I said put it on the... What's the matter with you? Did you hear me? And I... I heard you, Jim. You have just heard an actual confession. This case history of the woman referred to as Anna Carlson is a matter of documented record. To protect the legal rights of this woman, names and places were changed or deleted. 
Technical advice for confession comes from the Office of the Director of Corrections, Department of Corrections, State of California. In a moment, you will again hear Anna Carlson. Anna Carlson was arrested in Los Angeles County, State of California, and tried and convicted under Section 190 PC on charge of murder in the first degree. On a recommendation for leniency by the jury, she was sentenced to life imprisonment in the California Penal Institution for Women at Corona. Now, Anna Carlson. Maybe someone, somewhere, will be helped by this broadcast. I know a lot of women can put themselves in my place. I saw them in bars and nightclubs running away from the things that really count. It's funny, I had to ruin my life to find out what I really wanted. I guess what every woman really wants, a home and kids, a husband. I know it sounds pretty ordinary to a lot of women, but I had a long time to think about it. A very long time. Ed and the girls live in Stockton. Minda's married now, and I'm a grandmother. I sure would like to see her, my granddaughter. Maybe someday they'll bring her to visit me. I don't know. This has been Confession, transcribed statements of actual crimes. These true tragedies are brought to you each week as an NBC Radio Network production in an effort to stem the nation's forward march of crime. Credit for this broadcast goes to our cast, Paul Fries, Eve McVeigh, Barney Phillips, Virginia Gregg, Anthony Barrett, writer Lou Russoff, music Michael Samogi, script supervision Warren Lewis, direction Homer Canfield, John Wall speaking. Confession, a Canfield Lewis creation, came to you from California. Tonight, it's adventure with Barry Craig on NBC.